Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Here's your dinner tray, dear. Fine, just set it down. I'll get to it when I'm ready. Jean, Roger and I... Well, we wish you'd join us at the table, if you feel up to it. Just let me alone, Lisa. I've got some things to do here. Do you mind my asking what you're doing with all those maps? Charts, Lisa, not maps. Charts. I'm sorry, I... Just wonder. Use I have for nautical charts. Now that I'm stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, well, they they may have taken my legs. But they're not getting the rest of me. Well, you're not planning a boat trip. That's exactly what I'm planning. But your legs are paralyzed. Do you think it's You really... and Roger will be my legs? Roger? Certainly. He may be only my stepson, but by thunder, someone's got to make a man of him. There's nothing like roughing it away from all this so-called society we live in to do that. Put some starch in him. I see. And I'm to come with you? I'd like you to. And who else? Nobody, just the three of us, you, Roger, and me. And where are we going? Here, look. See this? Desperation Island. Right. Is it a... Look, I'll tell you both all about it when you're on the boat. What boat, Jean? I'm borrowing back the Angel. The 40-footer? Mm-hmm. You always said you liked that one best of all the fleet I used to run, so I asked Tommy McIntosh, and he was only too glad to let me have it for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? When are we going? Friday night. Oh, tell Roger I want him straight. What? I want him straight. I don't want him on pot. Roger doesn't use pot. Well, let's not go through that again. Just tell him. I've still got some phoning to do, so... uh... Yes. Well, call me when you're finished with the tray. It is a strange and hostile household in which our story begins. One of those primly manicured English tutors that grace the lower tip of Vancouver Island. It's the home of Lisa Cantrell and her son Roger, and lately the home also of Eugene Matthews, who married the widow Cantrell. Eugene Matthews, who owned a string of charter boats, who loved the sea, the challenge of his skill against the implacable elements, and whose strenuous life as a sportsman businessman was sharply curtailed some months ago when his legs were paralyzed during an operation. Since then, a dark and brooding mood replaced Gene Matthews' usual good humor. But he presides now with an iron grip over the 18-room mansion built by his wife's first husband. In a few moments... 
We'll watch Matthews involve this adopted family in a foolish and fatal adventure in a tale of suspense by J.R. Van Houten titled Desperation Island. Act One in a minute. Eugene Matthews is putting the finishing touches on a family cruise. Nothing so unusual about that except that the destination is Desperation Island, a rugged, deserted, privately owned dot of land in the inland waterway to Alaska. And Eugene Matthews is confined to a wheelchair. Why does he put himself and his wife and her son Roger through such a strenuous ordeal? The answers are locked up somewhere in the brooding moodiness of the powerfully built man in the wheelchair. Lisa! Lisa! Yes, yes, I'm coming, Jean. You can take these dishes now. Did you enjoy your dinner? It was all right. Jean. Hmm? Why must we go to that island? Why shouldn't we? That's not what I asked. Uh, Go ahead, take the dishes. I'll wheel myself out of the study behind you. What I'm saying is, if you wanted a boat trip, why not go somewhere pleasant? Someplace loaded with tourists, you mean. (laughs) Well, thank you. It wouldn't have to be that way. It could oh, be... hi, Jean. Ah, oh, Roger. Going out tonight? Yeah. Mail these for me, will you? These are very important. They go to my attorney, so I don't want them lost. Think you can do that? Yeah, I, I think I can. Good. Oh, and uh, has your mother told you about our trip? Yeah. Uh, listen, Jean, is it okay with you if I don't go? No, it is not okay with me. But two weeks... Listen, Roger... You've got a pretty good deal living here under my roof. You're 20 years old. Under whose roof? What's that? You said under my roof. Well, I lived here a long time before you did. Roger, I would You were the one who moved in on us, Jean. I just don't like you talking like I don't belong here. Oh, Roger, you should listen to yourself. No, 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 wait a minute. Let's, Let's bring this out in the open. I married your mother, Roger, and it was her idea that we live here in the Cantrell house. We could have moved away and built any kind of a house she wanted, but your mother liked it here. So let's get that straight. Your father built this place, true, but he died. I'm sorry. But you'll just have to adjust to the fact that uh, there's a new owner here now. This isn't your house, and it never will be. Roger, that's enough. Jean and I share everything. This is his house, just uh, as it's the mine. The point I'm making is you're living here free, Roger. You have your room, you have your drums, the use of the pool, a car. So I think you can afford to give up your life as a swinger for two weeks and do something Mom, useful. I don't have change. to listen to this. Oh, yes, you do. You listen to everything I have to say, Roger. Because you don't want to have to fend for yourself out there in the cold, cruel world, right? Am I right? Sure. Sure, Jane, sure. Now, don't forget to mail those papers. Well, I came over as soon as I got your letter, Jane. Good, Harry, good. Sit down. Eliza, you know Harry Hasbrook, my attorney. Yes, of course. Yeah, and it's nice to see you again, Miss Matthews. Would you like anything? No, thanks. I understand you're going on a little voyage. Yes. Well, I wanted to talk with you, Jane, before you left. Well, if you'd like to be alone... No, no, no. Stay here, Lisa. We have no secrets. Well, you got my letter, Harry. Any problem with what I want to do? Well, have you thought about this action thoroughly, Jean? You know, it's a very serious step to bring suit. Suit? Excuse me, you're... 
You're suing someone, Jean? Uh, yes, dear, I'm suing Dr. Jameson, the butcher who took away my legs. Oh. And you've really thought this over, Jean? Harry, I've had almost six long months to think it over, ever since I went in for a routine operation to fuse a disc in my spine and wound up with two useless legs. But you know, a malpractice suit's a long, drawn-out affair, Jean. And this one's not an open-and-shut case. What are you talking about? Bob Jameson was supposed to fuse a disc in my back, and he ended up cutting some nerves in my spinal column. That's malpractice. Now, don't be so positive about that, Look, Gene. do you want to prosecute or don't you? Well, I just want to help see justice done. Fine, fine. But at this point in time, I'm really not convinced you have a case. Well, then you're not much of an attorney. Well, I'm enough of one not to want to drag a good and dedicated professional man through the mud. Yes, yes, you professional men have to stick together. Oh, now, Gene, please. Just stay out of this. Look, Gene, I took the liberty of phoning Dr. Jameson when I got your letter. I told him what you have in mind. He wants to come and talk it over with you before we do anything. Well, what good do you think that'll do? Well, I don't know, but I think you ought to talk to him. Oh, all right, all right, I'll talk to him only after we come back from the holidays. Oh, no, Gene, it has to be before. It has to be today. No, it's impossible. I've got too many last-minute things to do. Gene, Dr. Jameson is outside in the car. Well, what are you cooking up, Harry? Just talk to him. Then after that, if you still feel we want to press malpractice charges, then we'll go ahead. All right. Send the good doctor in. It's good of you to see me, Gene. It's good of you to take time out from your busy practice, Doctor. Or is this one of your golfing afternoons? Gene, can we talk about your operation? Well, why not? Now, Gene, there's absolutely no clinical reason why your legs are paralyzed. Yes, yes, I think you told me that after the operation. But you didn't believe it. Well, it's a little hard to believe you can walk when you can't even move your legs. What I'm trying to say is... There was nothing that happened in that fusion operation that should have deprived you of the use of your legs. Are you saying I'm shamming? That I'm faking? No, no, no. But then why in God's green earth do you think I'm sitting in this wheelchair? You think I like it this way? Dependent on someone else to get me in and out of the bed and the, the bathtub? No, no, of course not, Jane. Now face it, Jameson, you slipped up. You severed a nerve when you were operating on me, and you didn't even know it until I tried to sit up in the hospital room afterward, and you told me it would wear off. You blundered, Jameson, and now I can't walk. Those are the simple facts of the case. And I'm going to sue you for malpractice. Gene, let me do another operation. An another operation? Yes, an exploratory, <laughs> Gene. You think I'd let you or any other sawbones open me up again? You must be out of your mind. There'd be no charge, of course. Oh, yes. Oh, that'd be cheaper than settling a $3 million lawsuit, wouldn't it? $3 million? That's what I figure my legs are worth. I know how you feel, Gene. No, you don't. You don't know what it's like to never be able to stand up again. To have to look up at everyone you used to look down at. To be chained to this piece of rolling hardware? Don't tell me you know how I feel, Jameson, because you don't. No, no, you're right, you're right. But whatever you plan to do about suing me, I feel terribly responsible, and I want to help you all I can. Thanks, but no thanks. Gene, don't go on this trip. Don't go on it? Or if you insist, let me come along. Well, why? 
to help you get around. Oh, I have my wife and her son. They couldn't manage you by themselves if anything came up. Oh, rubbish. Gene, you need a third man. Take me. If you're hoping by this sudden show of concern to persuade me to change my mind about the lawsuit... You do what you want to about the lawsuit. But I'm still a doctor. And I still consider you my patient. Gene, you can't go on a boat with one tiny woman and one young... No, no. You're right. Roger wouldn't be much help if anything happened... All right, Jameson. You're on. It'll be a motley crew, you and Roger. But no sense taking chances. Eliza will want to know how many to plan for. I'd better break the happy news to her right away. Gene Matthews, his wife, his stepson, and his physician have set out on a senseless cruise to a deserted island called Desperation. Matthews, confined to a wheelchair, has been very much in command of the voyage. It's the first evening on the island now, and Lisa has served a hearty campfire dinner. Oh, man, that was great, Mom. Thank you, Roger. Yes, indeed, Lisa. Delicious. Are you comfortable, dear? Quite comfortable. Oh, uh, Jameson... Yes, Gene? If you don't mind, I'd like you to sleep near enough to me to help me if I need to get up in the night so I won't have to call out and wake everyone else up. Certainly. Who uh, owns this island anyway? Oh, an old friend of mine. Spends his winters in California now. Only comes up here in the summer. He likes to feel there's still one little spot on Earth where things have never changed from primitive times. That's why he never did anything to improve it. When we leave here, we take every sign of civilization with us. Well... I'm a little tired. Oh, that sleeping bag looks pretty good to me. Yeah, why don't you turn in, Lisa? What have you got planned for tomorrow, Jean? Tomorrow? <laughs> Just you wait, Roger. Daybreak. Where's Roger? Huh? What do you mean, where's Roger? He's not know. in his sleeping bag. Really? I could just sit up. Uh, <coughs> well, what's the matter? What's the matter? Gene. Gene, you all right? Oh, Roger's not here. Not here. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, maybe he, uh, maybe he had to go. Roger! Roger! But won't do any good, Lisa. There's too much noise from Mother Nature out here. Well, look, I'll get up and have a look around. Find him, Dr. Jameson. Well, I covered about every foot of this island. There's no trace of him. No. The boat. Did you look in the boat? Yes, yes, and he wasn't there either. Oh, the young fool. Where can he be? Well, he must be somewhere on the island. He wouldn't have tried to swim. <laughs> Where would he swim to? He isn't a very good swimmer. The fact is, that boy doesn't know how to handle himself in a primitive situation like this, and I insisted he come with me. We won't talk about that now. Jameson, if I had the use of my legs now, I could find that kid. All right, all right, all right, Gene. I'll start out and have another look around.
I'm terribly <laughs> sorry, Lisa. Don't you have something with you that'll let her sleep, Jameson? Yes, yes, I Here, uh, Lisa, let me give you a mild sedative. You've got to get some sleep. I, I just can't believe that he's gone. You know, Jameson spent the whole day searching the island, Lisa. Here, here, Lisa. Now, take this. But how could he... Please, just... please, take this. All right. That's a good girl. Why don't you turn in, too, Jameson? Yes, I, I plan to. I'm totally bush. Yes, you worked hard today. I appreciate what you tried to do, Jameson. Jean. Jean, I beg of you. Please, let's get off this horrible island tomorrow. All right, whatever you say, my dear. Now, let, now just let the pill take hold and get some sleep. Lisa! Lisa, time to wake up. What? Come on, come on, let's get a move on. What? Oh, Jean. Yes. You're, you're standing. You're, you're standing up. That's right. But, but how? On your feet, Lisa, I haven't got all day. But how did you... You never were paralyzed. The whole thing was a fake. Yes, the whole thing was a fake. Very elaborate one, requiring infinite care and patience, Lisa. But today, the whole charade comes to an end. Where's Dr. Jameson? On his way to Alaska. His body, that is. What are you talking Along about? Along with dear Roger. Roger? They're both on their way to Alaska. Of course, they may not make it all the way. No. Wait a minute. What, what are you talking night about? night before last, I put Roger in the water as the tide was running. Last night, Jameson joined him. <laughs> oh, you can't mean this, Gene. You, you, you just can't. Oh, but I do. See, I had all this planned before we got married, Lisa. I needed that back operation, and the boat business was bad. I needed money. Your money. So we were married. I got the operation, sold the boats... Saw to it that your will included me. Of course, it included me after Roger, so I had to dispose of him. I intended to sue Jameson for $3 million, but then he wanted to come along on this little trip, so I just expanded the cast of characters. Now there's only one other person to dispose of. You're insane, Gene. No, I'm not. I'm desperate and I'm clever. <laughs> There'll be a storm tonight. I'll be out in the boat on my way back to Vancouver. I'll pile the boat up on Hedron Point. They'll find me. I'll see to that. But they'll never find Jameson or Roger or you, my dear. Come on, let's walk down to the boat. Come on, come on. Get aboard, Lisa. Now, you go below while I untie the lines. That's it. Now, just stay in the cabin and don't try anything. Uh, get the stern line free. There, that's it. Now, up here to the bow. Gene. I told you to stay in... Where did you get that? In a locker. I saw it on the trip up. And it's loaded. I made sure just now. <laughs> you shoot me. 
How do you think you'll get back home? I can run a boat. You won't shoot me. See? I trust you, Lisa. I'm turning my back on you. To untie the boat. You wouldn't shoot a man in the back. No! Oh! Lisa! Help! My legs! No! Don't leave me here, Lisa! I can't move my legs! I can't move my legs! They're, they're paralyzed! Matthews got what was ruddy well coming to him, if you ask me. What a rotten sort of person to have to portray. That's why I couldn't bring myself to ask any of our other players to play Gene Matthews. And I had to do the job myself. Well, I'll be right back with a few scenes from next week's crisis program and the names of tonight's cast. Tonight, Pat French, Douglas Young, Tom Crone, and Mark Wayne joined yours truly, Jim French, in a tale by J.R. Van Houten titled Desperation Island. Our thanks for being with us, and here is your personal invitation to join us next week for Crisis. Crisis.